Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Now that the president has signed the COVID relief bill, Mississippi is in line to receive billions. In a virtual event sponsored by the Mississippi Economic Council, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman said, just like last year, they will carefully consider where the funding will go. It will be a game positive changer for us. It may break the entire country, but that wasn't my decision. And my decision is how to spend it once it gets here. So we'll be working with the House, I think, and the Senate to start that process. And two, Ole Miss economists have analyzed the bill to eliminate the state income tax. Their report indicates if it happens, around $370 million will be added to the state's GDP. Douglas Carswell, president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Public Policy, explains. That's about $8,000 more for every Mississippi taxpayer. I think this is incredibly good news. To see the full report, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Andy Davis. Before you dig or drive stakes in the ground, call 811 or you might hit... Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. (laughs) An electric line or a gas line. Tent's gone. Yeah, driving stakes. Call Mississippi 811 two days before pounding. It may keep you out of the... Don't worry, honey. The doghouse is just fine. There's room for both of us in here. Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. This is Jake Mangum. Not some actor wearing a red shirt. Whenever I was up to bat at MSU, I would see Farm Bureau Insurance. They supported me then, and they take care of me now. I couldn't ask for more supportive teammates. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. A troubling report indicates that by 2025, China's defenses could outnumber the U.S. In a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing this week, Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker questioned Admiral Philip Davidson about the findings. China will have three aircraft carriers to our one in the region. Is that correct? Yes, sir. With regard to amphibious assault ships, it's projected in 2025 they will have six to our two. Yes, sir. With regard to modern multi-warfare combat ships, 54 to our six. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And if you were eligible but did not receive all or part of the last stimulus payment, Jenny Casola with Fox has some good news. You can file for it when you do your taxes. CPA Stephen Zellin says it'll be credited to you and it is not taxed. If you didn't receive your recovery rebate credit, as they're calling it, then you can receive an additional credit on your tax return. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. The Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Southeastern Conference basketball tournament action yesterday saw Mississippi State fall to Alabama 85 to 48. Florida fell to Tennessee 78 to 66, so Alabama and Tennessee will meet in the first semifinal game today. Arkansas defeated Missouri 70 to 64. And Ole Miss fought hard, but LSU won 76-73 over the Rebels, so Arkansas and LSU will win the other semifinal game today in the SEC basketball tournament. Selection Sunday is 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon for the NCAA and NIT postseason possibilities. And baseball today, Ole Miss will be airtime 1 o'clock on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State will be at 1.30 airtime on the Mississippi State Baseball Network. I'm Dixie Williams, Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
inside but still looking for bargains on new and secondhand goods? Try HiBid.com, the online auction site for just about anything. HiBid.com offers a safe and easy way to find hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. From rare coins to fine jewelry, tools to vintage toys, and classic cars to real estate. HiBid.com has it all. HiBid.com makes it easy to find what you're looking for, and the site is simple to use. HiBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com. And start discovering great deals today. This is Mississippi State Bulldog Jake Mangum. Family is everything. On the field, at home, everywhere. When I step up to the plate, it means the world that my family is behind me every swing. That's why I love my Farm Bureau family. They've got my back no matter what. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Former Ole Miss and Major League Baseball legend and star Don Kestiger will have his jersey number retired on Thursday, April 22nd, as the Rebels will open a three-game series against LSU that weekend. That, of course, will be Grove Bowl weekend as well. Kessinger's number 11 jersey, the number he wore, he earned six All-Stars and two gold gloves. And shortstop for the Chicago Cubs will be displayed on the outfield wall at OU Stadium. And he will join Jake Gibbs as the only two Rebel baseball players to have their numbers retired. And another note, Jackson State's football game against Mississippi Valley scheduled for Sunday has been moved to a 2 o'clock kickoff because it will now be televised on ESPN2. Mississippi State, Mississippi Valley State, and Jackson State were to play the opening SWAC game, but that was moved because of COVID situations. The Tigers are 2 0 and 1 0 in the SWAC. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, my goodness. It's not cold. I have on sandals today. I have a jacket, but I don't really need it. But no, cold weather's not over yet. Hang in there. Come on, gardeners, let's talk. What's on your mind today? What do you want to do? What do you want to think about? What do you want to grow? That's why I'm here. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama. It is my great pleasure and privilege to be here with you on Saturdays. And if you're listening to the rebroadcast on Sunday, or if you have grabbed the on-demand, taking me with you in your pocket somewhere, you know, on your smartphone or your computer, thank you very, very much. I appreciate that so much. Speaking of the live stream, if you're hearing us right now, I'm This is Raleigh, y'all. Say hi. I'm working on it. I've, the <laughs> computer's supposed to do it automatically, but apparently we had a hiccup today. He's putting it all together for you. <laughs> That's it should the be good live news. now. That's the good news. Yay. Hey, now listen, Raleigh, we were talking about you planting a garden. I wanna, I'm excited about that because everybody around here is going to want to follow you. I like your idea for planting the herbs that you're already spending money on, yep. um, basil and cilantro and some things like that. That's going to be fun to watch. I had a question this week. And actually, it happens about this time um, when people are beginning to shop for the spring. What in the world can I plant to make 
vinegar out of, you know, spicy vinegars with herb vinegars, pepper vinegars, that kind of stuff. And my answer is pretty central. Start with basil. Um, if you like the color pink, grow the purple basil because it'll turn the vinegar pink. It's really pretty. <laughs> Makes it look different. I, I'm, I tend to be, my own recipe tends to start with a clove of garlic, about a quarter teaspoon of mustard seeds in a, in a you know, a, a thin-necked jar that something else had come in previously, which I have recycled, of course. And then I tend to put in one small sprig of rosemary and whatever else. And maybe a few peppercorns, you know, not a big complicated bunch of stuff. But I really like basil vinegars. Um, I have one in my refrigerator right now that was the last of the fall basil. And it has gotten so strong that I just about, I, I turned it into dressing and marinade because it got so strong. And it actually is a delicious taste. But good heavens, I'm ready for some fresh basil. So I've got a little bit of that started, ready for that. That's always more fun. But if you like... For example, if you're into citrus flavors and you want to impart those to whether it is the steaming water or the uh, vinegars or, you know, just to lay it into the grill with things, don't forget about lemongrass and don't forget about pineapple sage. Both of those are delightful. The easiest one to grow in that group, though, is lemon verbena. Once you start it, you'll have a hard time stopping it. It's another one like mint that you may want to grow in a container within your herb bed because it can grow so quickly. Always going to add in some uh, some other tastes. I've got somebody this year that wants to wants me to grow marjoram, um, and I think that could be interesting. But the thymes and oregano's, the marjoram's, the savories, all of those I think of more as the herbs for a vinegar that goes to a marinade rather than perhaps. Maybe rather than a salad dressing. So what are you growing? What's on your mind? Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line and you are welcome to use it and thank you for that. The ceasefire text line is here too, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I want to say hello to the textures that are so kind to always get in touch. They say things sometimes that I can actually even talk about on the radio. Sometimes they don't. (laughs) And I thank all of you for that. Good questions. Um, Where are we going to buy plants this year besides the garden centers? Now, clearly, I want you to go to the garden center that's local first. But mark your calendars for the sales that are coming along. I'll be bringing those to you over the next few weeks because there's always something there that's a little bit different something that is a little bit uh, perhaps something that you've looked for, but it's a different color or something that you've wanted that's maybe you need the the variegated type of. A lot of things that people grow don't, don't necessarily turn up in um, in the garden center. And sometimes you find the new things at the garden center that you won't see at the plant sale for a long time. So <laughs> thank you so much for calling triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. I had no idea that I just didn't know about this. Symbiosis is one of those things that people study because it is so fascinating to understand the mutuality of an existence and the relationship it turns out between the bioluminescent um, bacteria Inside of the Hawaiian bobtail squid, that's how come it glows. The 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 bioluminescent bacteria lives in its light organ. It's been studied as as symbiosis. Well, at least since I was in college, probably longer than that. But there's new work on it. University of California, Santa Cruz, who of course 
That's one of the most interesting schools um, anywhere that has a banana slug as their sort of mascot thing. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. But they do a lot of work um, because there's so much emphasis in marine biology there and so much um, desire to know more about it. What they're looking at is really the importance of that bacteria and how it colonizes the light organ. How does this happen? You know, how do we make this work? And they've published in MBio, which is one of the journals that um, we don't mention around here a lot, but is oftentimes the place where I can find... um, Collegiate stuff, you know, academics that's been that's happening at, at that level. This is a nocturnal squid we're talking about. It's no bigger than your thumb. They live in the sand during the daytime, and they come out at night and hunt, of course. And the way that they see is through this bioluminescent light organ that they have. So it adjusts, believe it or not, it's different when the moon is full and the stars are out than when it's not or when it's cloudy. The, this whole thing, the counter-illumination strategy works because it not only helps the squid see what it's hunting for, but it also keeps the squid from being quite so visible to the things that are hunting for it. So this is part of the circle of life as we talk about, or you can talk about it as a food chain, either way you want to look at it. But it's a very elegant kind of symbi- symbiosis. Um they're not th- – these particular ones are great colonizers, these particular bacteria. And so what they're trying to understand is, is that driven by chemical signals? Is it driven, you know, by something else? Um, once again, the uh, favorite of all of us, the mass spectrometer, is letting them see the spatial distribution of the molecules. And that, in turn, lets them see how it works, because it's really hard to think of these things. It's hard to visualize it. But with imaging through the mass spectrometer, they can actually see what's going on. It's very, very cool. I'm I'm happy to know that they're going to know more about this, because it's one of those things that informs so much other knowledge. Um, There's always somebody that wants to know, well, how come the other part of that group didn't develop it? And it may tell them that, too. Interesting stuff. Bioluminescence is one of those things that... um, you know, when your nephew comes and says, I think I'm going to study bioluminescence, you should say, good, <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a future in that for sure. 888 And, of course, the CSPAR text line 601-879-4395. I am in the midst of going through the garden. I, there are days when I wish I was a super pruner instead of just a very happy pruner. And this week has been one of them. I need to prune those pittosporums again. There's so many things that have grown so well that are not affected by the freeze. And I'm still in need of pruning some of those evergreens. But I have to tell you, I don't want to prune too much because I do want to see how things are going to make it and whether or not they're going to go ahead and bloom. For example, that that self-same pittosporum should actually be dead because I am in zone 8B and it is reliably hardy in 8B except for weird things. It's not as tender as oleander. For those of you who've had your oleander, you know, freeze to the ground in zone 8, yes, but it will probably come back. The pittosporums, though, have not been, have not suffered, and I'm kind of surprised at that. Given me a lot to prune, though, and it did bring up this whole notion of the mix-up of plant names. This one is often called, um, there, there are several different names for, for 
Pittosporum. But when we think about the whole notion of Philadelphus and we look at the, the business of orange blossoms, somehow they all get tied up together. So it's important to know exactly which one we're talking about. In the case of Pittosporum, it's a shrub with a spade-shaped leaf that sometimes has white on the edge, might be solid green. There's one called Wheeler's, I believe. No, that's not the right name. There's a, there's one named after somebody that's only about two and a half feet tall, and I think they're adorable. But they tend to be a little bit more tender than the great big ones. So that's one that I would grow in a sheltered location for sure. If you have got uh, a choice and you've never grown tomatoes before, I know, they're on your mind. You know it's too soon, but you want to shop. And there's some pretty nice plants out there. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to get them, and you're going to keep them in a nice, very brightly lit spot indoors, probably, if it happens that we're having a cold night or two, which there will be in most of most places end of next week sometime, but also because there's serious rainfall about to come through. And the last thing you want to do is have a beautiful little bitty tomato plant out there that gets pounded. Same is true of squash or anything else that you might be planting. So pay attention to the weather. I've always told you, look at the 10-day forecast if you can find one and get hold of that, but at least seven days to see what you're going to be facing and what the plant's going to be facing. You know what day the rain's supposed to come this week? Sunday night in central Mississippi, but I don't know everywhere else. It might be Monday morning, other places. We shall see. We may, it may not even get here. This is a storm that will certainly hurt somebody, and hopefully not us. Hopefully not you, wherever you are, but the, the, it's going to be one. This is the time of year when these things get crazy, and we just have to be aware of them and pay attention, and like so many other things. You know, we've got so many things on our to-do list now. We have to pay attention to the weather. We have to figure out our vaccination schedules. We have to, you know, make sure that we're doing all that we're doing in the right order and at the right time. But I wanted to tell you when you're shopping for tomatoes, if you've never grown one before, get a cherry tomato because they're easier to grow than most of the others. If you want to grow a tomato and you don't like cherry tomatoes, get an indeterminate tomato. Get one that's not going to be six feet tall. It's going to be about four feet tall. A variety, something like Celebrity is great. It's going to be indeterminate if it keeps going. But the ones that the height is determined, the determinate tomatoes, are only going to be maybe four feet tall. They're easier to take care of. They're bred for you and me and our containers on the patio. Another real good one, of course, um, is, is the classic patio tomato. It's still a good tomato. People say, that thing's so old. Yeah, it is, but that's, it's still around because it's, it's a very good tomato. Um, I'm going to say, I know there's some people that want to talk about it. So if you do, we can talk about what to do with them. But there's other, there's, there's a little time to be done for, for tomato planting. Everywhere except Good Morning Ocean Springs. All y'all, I know, y'all are already out there. I'm happy about that. But folks that are not exactly looking at the ocean today, not not looking at the Gulf of Mexico, probably need to wait. Probably need to wait. How Uh, hard is it to grow a Roma tomato? Roma tomatoes are not difficult, but they do they they are it, it, you have to get a variety that is disease resistant and there are different ones um the the romas that i really like to grow there's one you'll always see in in and it grows in a container it's a hanging basket roma i find it makes it's, it's, the fruit is better for me because the fruit stays very clean 
Um, the problem for me with tomatoes that bear a lot, and Romas will do that, sometimes the fruit ends up hanging down where it gets dirty. And even if you've got the plant staked up, the whole thing hangs down. So it's kind of a problem. But when you grow those that particular Roma in a container, it's, I think it's called Windabox Roma, one of those, some name like that. It, but it's a real good one. I'll uh, check that out. A lot too. of people like that. I make a lot of salsa, homemade salsa, and I love using the Roma tomatoes for that. Well, there you go. And you can grow them. There's no question about it. I have, um, I think I have had really, really good success with the ones in the hanging basket because I tend to want to water. And if you like to water, hanging baskets are easy to water on a daily basis. You may forget to go water that container, but you're going to see the basket hanging in front of you. And that might make it easier. Sometimes that happens. Yellow jasmine is just coming into bloom everywhere. Um, but, oh, by the way, the tree blooming on the roadside with the white flowers. Wow, y'all have been fascinated by this this week. Probably wild pears, maybe wild plums. But what happens is that the Bradford pears that you also see blooming in the landscape do, from time to time, have their seeds dispersed <laughs> through the woods. So we have wild pears, but we also have pears that have been shared, so to speak. And then we have wild plums, too. Um, if the flowers are pink, you've stumbled onto either a, maybe a crab apple, probably a peach. And that's not as often the case out on the roadsides. But you will at this time begin to see yellow jasmine in the tops of the trees on those same roadsides. Those are just marvelous, marvelous plants. Um, if you have a trellis with that plant on it, and I hope you do because it's such a great one, it is a native vine that's just delightful. When it gets out of bloom, though, that's the time to prune it. We don't ever prune the ones that crawl through the woods, of course, and they do fine on their own. But unless we want them crawling through our trees and the ones next door, we really do need to prune that yellow jasmine to keep it where it belongs. Um, This is another time to understand that there are other vines that we can plant that have a slightly neater habit. If you have a trellis that you want to grow something on or a pergola or even an arch over your front door, be sure and consider the really vigorous ones. But think about clematis, too, because clematis is not going to be as vigorous. Neither is akebia or chocolate vine. And I have to tell you, if you can plant akebia on a window frame that you can open the window in the middle of spring and smell the chocolate coming in through the window, I'm telling you, life is good. I have always felt like I'm starting to be proven right about things that I've people have said I was crazy about. I've never enjoyed living in tightly sealed or working in tightly sealed environments. Um, good ventilation, obviously, is something that we're very concerned about now, and we will be going forward. We're going to be already reading articles about the redesign of hotels. They may have four less rooms on a particular um, hall or something because they're going to end up making greater ventilation efforts and stuff. Same is true of of our masks. Yep, we want to keep wearing them. But guess what? It's pollen season. I wear a mask in my garden anyway. How about that? Think about it. Think about the fantastically low numbers of flu that we've had this year. Mm Hmm? Something to be said for it. Something to be said for being a gardener. Thank you for joining me here today on Weekend Gardening.
need a career, a job, an opportunity? If so, Mississippi Community Colleges are your affordable solution. As experts in training people for high-paying careers and connecting people to opportunities, Mississippi Community Colleges can help you achieve your dream. Visit your community college for more information on the My Best program and other career pathways. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. For more information, email info at mccb.edu. Before you dig or drive stakes in the ground, call 811 or you might hit... Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. (laughs) An electric line or a gas line. Tent's gone. Yeah, driving stakes. Call Mississippi 811 two days before pounding. It may keep you out of the... Don't worry, honey. The doghouse is just fine. There's room for both of us in here. Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. We've got hand washing stations with soap, paper towels, and water, and we've also got hand sanitizers to rent or sell. Please give us a call, 601-879-3969. It's the open house event of the year at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service on Old Fannin Road in Flowood. For just two days, Friday, March 12th and Saturday, March 13th, the entire staff at RJ's will be profiling every boat in inventory to the public. Special incentives will be offered on select models in stock for just two days. Factory reps will also be on hand to answer any of your questions. RJ sells top-of-the-line boat brands like Skeeter Performance Fishing Boats, Bennington Luxury Pontoon Boats, G3, War Eagle, and Express Aluminum Fishing Boats. All the brands that RJ's carries are powered by Yamaha Outboards. From the ultra-portable Yamaha F2.5 to the mighty Yamaha F425 XTO, you won't find a better outboard on the market. Also on site will be reps from Humminbird Depth Finders and Minkota Trolling Motors. Don't forget to drop in before or during the event to register for a chance to win a G3 boat with a Yamaha Outboard package. Drawing held on Saturday, RJ's Outboards Annual Open House, Friday, March 12th and Saturday, March 13th, 1208 Old Fannin Road at the Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. 
Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Hi, I'm Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. Did you know that we aren't your regular moving company? We are equipped to move you across the country or even as easy as across town. Call us today for a free quote at 601-853-9644 or at twomenandatruck.com. In an octopus's garden in the shade He'd let us in Knows where we've been In his octopus's garden in the shade I'd ask my friends to come and see Welcome into Weekend Gardening. (sighs) Wouldn't we all like to be in the octopus's garden today? My goodness. Sarah from Winona has a good question on the C Spire text line. Where can you find small hot peppers in a cluster? They're red, green, and yellow. Um, There are a lot of cluster peppers. My thought... When I think of that, I think of Tabasco because they're an inch long and there will be all three colors on the plant at the same time. But I, I would just have to tell you that at this point you can order seeds and grow them yourself or you can shop at the garden centers. There's going to be either – there may or may not be Tabasco, but there's going to be a small chili pepper that's going to be the, the one you're looking for. Um, either in the rack or in the seed catalogs. And at this point in Winona, you've got plenty of time to start some seeds of your own. Um, if you had a maybe a taste profile or something that you were that you like, I might be able to help. But most peppers are going to be green and then yellow and then red or orange when they ripen. Same thing as a bell pepper. The bell peppers that we pick that are green, if we leave them on long enough, they will turn the reds and, and, and ripen that color. The ones that ripen those colors are ones that we've worked on to make them have a slightly different taste. It's a different selection. But even a green bell pepper left on the plant long enough will eventually turn red because that's the color when they're completely ripe. Um, it's a, it's a really a matter of kind of how hot do you want them to be. You know, somebody at the garden center will probably be able to help with that. <laughs> that's funny. Yes, uh, snowing roads were here just very recently. Thank you, John. They sure were. Let's see. Um, This is a good question from Helen. She's got a two-year-old, looks maybe like a yucca that she's had in a container and had it in the shed. How much can I cut it back? It's either a yucca or a dracaena, but I can't. It's hard to tell. They look so much alike. You can take back any of the uh, things that are browned, but I would not cut the others the rest of it's going to just turn into more leaves and sprout and be lovely. But I would just take off the part that is actually browned out. It, it's not going to take much more than that to get it started again. This will be the time to water that one and, uh, you know, probably fertilize it, too, at this point. Let's see. Um, Let me see. Which one is this? Oh, Joel. Hey, Joel on the text line. Do Bradford pear trees need acidic-type fertilizer? No, they do not. Um, They are fairly, I mean, they can tolerate our soils here, which tend to be on the acid side a little bit. But you don't need to 
particularly consider them in the way you would azaleas or hollies or camellias or even our friends the blueberries because <laughs> they all need they all need that acid forming fertilizer i tell you what the bradford pears are so controversial some people just love them some people just hate them uh, they make me sneeze the smell is too much for me <laughs> but apart from that i don't know i think that's a dracaena helen i'm looking at that thing and i really wouldn't take off anything other than the ones that are browned out you're going to find more leaves will appear, but you'll also get the cane. The cane will thicken up, too, this year. In that third year, that oftentimes happens. Let's see. Jim's in Laurel. Let's talk to Jim about some fertilizer. Hey, Jim, what's going on today? Well, we do some, some serious thinking there, Garden. I'm about uh, trying to fertilize these pecan trees, fertilize the grass, and get my... I'm hunting a good all-purpose all fertilizer, something mm-hmm. I can use for pecan trees. And for the garden. Well, I'm, it's not the Don't same. Don't go to the garden store and ask them because they'll sell me everything they got in there. Well, uh, they're going to offer you their their selections, which is what they should do. But um, I'm going to tell you that pecan trees, you need to get pecan tree food. And it's one of the few things that really does need its own fertilizer because it has to have a higher level of zinc than most other plants. Well, than almost any other plant. But you all cast it on the ground or you have to dig down and set it It depends on the product. Usually you drill holes at the at the drip line. Okay. Oh, I uh, got you on that. Mm-hmm. Well, my neighbor around, uh, over here, Garden Mama, he used to, he's dead now, but uh, if he was still alive, he'd be around 100. He's got pecan trees all across the road from my house. He used to go out on the north, south, east, and west on the drip line. Drill him a hole down about a foot, put red devil half a can of red devil eye in each hole. I've heard that. I do not subscribe to it. And as one who has studied, sold, and marketed pecan trees, I do not recommend it. But I have heard that. Well, I'm getting ready. Like I said, uh, I got my garlic growing. Just go get, like just go get a bag of pecan tree food. You'll be fine. Okay. What about in the garden? The rest uh, of the garden, you know that I use organic fertilizers. So I'm going to tell you that my preference, if I'm going to grow vegetables, I'm going to get a Dr. Dirt or I'm going to get a Fertilone. But I'm going to get a product from natural sources. Ordinarily, because the analysis is so different in a natural product than it is in a commercial product, it's difficult for me to tell you which one to get. So I'm going. I've you got know. access to a barn over here that's where they store horses and cows. Mm-hmm. I can get all the. Well, if you, if you want manure and if it's been composted for a year, that's a great thing. That will give you all the nitrogen that you need, but it may not have everything else in it that you're looking for. This stuff, a lot of these stalls have been sitting there for 20 years. That well, stuff in there like powder. But that's I think a, that's a wonderful, mind. wonderful resource. It is. I say bag it up, put it on the street, somebody will buy it. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Everybody's always looking for old composted manures, especially this time of the year because we want to work them into our gardens and we want to make a chance, have a chance to get that nitrogen going. But if you do that and then you're going to plant, make sure that you're aware that that goes directly to leafy growth. If you put in the compost and then you come back in with 13-13-13 or some other agricultural fertilizer with a very high first number, you're going to end up with leaves and no squash, leaves and no tomatoes, leaves, and you'll be calling me up and screaming because you'll even have leaves and no beans. You know, it's just terrible because you'll have too much nitrogen going on. Okay? Okay. One of the things that people ask about from time to time is about how what you can plant deep 
and what you you know we we always talk about for example when we plant azaleas we talk about planting them high that is to say we plant them with half their root ball above ground and then pull the soil up around it or pull the mulch up around it in the case of something like a tomato we yeah sometimes we grow them and their stems are a little wimpy or we'll buy one that's a little older than we would like and it'll have like maybe a, a square inch of roots or a cubic inch of roots, but it'll be like three feet tall. Yes, you can bury that entire stem and just leave a little bit of it sticking out of the top. You can't do that with peppers or cabbage or corn or any of the other things that you might be running into and deciding to plant. It works with tomatoes, but not much else. Not much else. I had no idea that... <laughs> I guess this should have made sense. I don't spend enough time, obviously, looking for Nemo. The way a fish swims reveals its personality. Now, when I read this, I giggled about it and thought, isn't that funny? Who had the time to do that? And then I thought, well, when I'm sitting at a stoplight with a lot of traffic, I figure the way those people drive tells me a lot about them, too. So maybe it's the same thing. (laughs) In this particular case, they've been studying the sticklefish from Swansea University and the University of Essex. And they did not just look at them. They filmed them in 15 three-spined stickleback fish. The tank had two, three, or five plastic plants in fixed position so they could see what they were going to do. And what they found out was pretty revealing. The same fish that's shy with the two plants is still shy with the five. The one that's aggressive with the five is still aggressive in the three or two. So it, that their, their fish, each fish's movements are very different, but they're extremely repeatable. And I'm thinking it goes kind of like the drivers. You know, um, I was behind someone on a main street the other day who passed me twice after stoplights and I never changed my speed. This person burned up so much gas trying to hurry up and get to the next light where they had to stop again. And yes, it <clears throat> it was a dude on a cell phone. I didn't like that. Don't like you talking on the cell phone. I always tell you don't 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 text me while you're on the phone. Don't talk on your – You people, it's legal, I realize that. There's a lot of things that are legal that are stupid. And talking on the, the cell phone while you're driving in traffic is one of the stupid ones. How many things can you focus on at once? Focus on me in the car next to you. Don't run over me. Harumph. Anyway, now that I've had my, my piece for today, I did feel bad for the guy because he seemed so frustrated by the fact that I was right there, too. You know, I'm, I'm never, I've never increased my speed or done anything. <laughs> Poor person was in a hurry and couldn't get anywhere. I, I'm going to admit something. I don't think I knew, I know I didn't know, that the whale shark, I knew it was a thing. I knew it was endangered. But for some reason, I did not know that this was indeed the world's largest fish. The biggest one. Well, it makes it a target. Boats, things run into it. It has, it needs, I mean, this thing's huge. And thank goodness the University of Southampton has been studying it because we've learned something we wouldn't have known otherwise. We, it's, if you've ever, if you've ever been to visit, um, in, in Florida, for example, where you get to see the manatees swim and you get to see them in there above you and around you and stuff, and, and there's terrible lacerations on them and scars and things from hitting propellers and, and all kinds of, you know, jet skis and stuff that run over them. But it turns out that the whale shark can recover better than we thought. 
there was some thought that we as actors in its environment were causing it more to be endangered by hurting it. But actually, it's their food sources that are declining for a series of other reasons. And this, these collisions with boats, actually, the the things heal. And amazingly, even when part of the dorsal fin is removed, it grows back. We didn't know that. Now, that's not to say you should go take your boat and go looking for whale sharks. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying the resilience of creatures on this earth is not to be underestimated. Even if it's an endangered whale shark, it's going to teach us something about regeneration that we did not know about. Didn't know they could do that. Absolutely did not know. One of the things in the Garden Mama newsletter this week that you may or may not have run into, depending on whether or not you are a subscriber, is uh, the monkey cups plant. When I think about going to the garden extravaganza, which is happening in Jackson, by the way, there's a lot of events coming up. I hope you'll send them to me so I can talk about them. But the folks at the Garden Extravaganza um, were kind enough to let me know about their stuff and to let me record a spot for them so you'll hear about it. The 19th to the 21st in Jackson at the Trademark. Now, I'm really tickled because the monkey cups plant is one of the things that you always see there. I hope there'll be some there this week. What in the world is that? It's a nepenthes. It's a tropical pitcher plant, Okay. It's the ones that you see when, and again, it's a hanging basket, which is so interesting. The hanging baskets will have big cups hanging off of them. Those are the monkey cups. Occasionally, monkeys have been found drinking out of the cups. That's why it's called monkey cups, not because it looks like a monkey or anything. But the pitcher is, in fact, the swelling of the midvein, and the insects are attracted to that, and then they fall in. So, yes, this is a carnivorous plant and one that's very fun to have in your repertoire. But um, I, I do love it. It's one of those things that I don't get to talk about unless someone asks me a question. I wouldn't necessarily even think to talk about it. But I get to write about it in All Things Garden Mama Weekly. You, too, can be part of All Things Garden Mama Weekly. All you need to do is send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I will tell you all about it. Or you can go to Patreon dot com slash garden mama and find out about it for yourself i would love to see you i'm getting new subscribers each week new patrons and frankly it means the world to me thank you anna's in oxford what's going on in oxford what's in bloom dear whoop turn off your radio I, I told her we'd get her on after the break, so she might have walked away. Well, okay. We'll, we'll just, put her back I was going to let her go ahead and talk to me, but that's all right. Um, anyway, she'll be back around. I'll, I, I like hearing my own voice. It's a little scary, but it's one of those things. If you've if you've ever recorded your own voice and listened to it, you know it doesn't really sound like you. <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake of going back and listening to a broadcast once, and I hated every second of it. When I started radio... Um, as, as a job here in, in Mississippi, it's a job job. I'd always done a little bit, but when I got to the point of having a job job, um, my first producer made me listen to every broadcast and critique myself. Quickly, you stop saying, uh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's our friend Van. We've got a lot of Van going on around here in this world. Isn't this a great best time of the year? Um Hello and good morning to my friends, the Tupelo Honeys, and all y'all in Tupelo, too. Have a wonderful time. This is Weekend Gardening. Hey,
Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Are you stuck inside but still looking for bargains on new and secondhand goods? Try HighBid.com, the online auction site for just about anything. HighBid.com offers a safe and easy way to find hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. From rare coins to fine jewelry, tools to vintage toys, and classic cars to real estate. HighBid.com has it all. HighBid.com makes it easy to find what you're looking for, and the site is simple to use. Come to HighBid.com, that's H-I-B-I-D.com, and start discovering great deals today. Big Pop. A Big Pop Gun Show invites you to the Capital City Gun Show Saturday, March 13th, Sunday, March 14th at the Wahhabi Shrine Temple, I-55 South, Exit 88, Elton Road, Exit on the Frontage Road. There'll be plenty of buying, selling, trading, gun appraisals, all kind of gun accessories. All federal, state, and local laws must apply, and COVID safety guidelines must be applied for all of our safety reasons. I-55 South, Exit 88 at the Wahhabi Shrine Temple. See y'all this weekend. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by the Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Pool tables, ping pong, poker, classic arcades, football, sports decor, even kitchen and bar stools. You'll find it all at Game Room Gallery. Game Room Gallery has plenty to choose from during this time you're at home to help make many more memories with your family. With specials on classic arcades and pool sticks, too. Let Game Room Gallery bring excitement to any room in your home. Game Room Gallery, Ridgewood Road, just north of County Line. For more, call 601-853-7777. That's 601-853-7777. Online at gameroom-gallery.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. 
Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Bridge Builders. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be Welcome into Weekend Gardening for a very bright, sunshiny day. Yeah, you know what? It's always, at least in your mind, it's always sunny in the garden. When you think about the plants that you love, when you think about the ones that you want to grow, when you think about the ones that you're worried about, you still need to be thinking about them in a fairly positive way. Let's see if Miss Anna is still with us. Yeah, I'm there. doing chores while I'm listening. I appreciate uh, <laughs> you. Thank you. Can you do some for me? <laughs> uh, well, you know, they say you're meant to want to clean the house when you're stuck indoors, but I don't think so. <laughs> um, winter was pretty hard. Not the winter per se, but that thing we that, had in That February. piece of it, yeah. Yeah. And um, I didn't get to trim my boxwoods because um, uh, I have them down the driveway and they're growing onto the driveway, sort of, you know. And uh, so every time I drive down, I scratch my car. Um, is it too late to trim them? No, you're fine. Oh, good. <laughs> I'd be real surprised. If, 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 you see, if you see new growth, you know, you how, they, how they'll butt up at the tips and stuff, I might be a little bit more concerned about it. But we're just now warming up, and it is going to be cool again, so I don't think there's a problem with pruning those now. In fact, they are actually blooming. Because you can smell them as you go down this Oh, <laughs> goodness. Well, you can still... I was going to say you gumball. must have tall ones. You can you can still do the pruning. I just might not prune them as heavily as I would have if it was a month ago. Yeah. Now, the other thing is... At least trim them off my, your car. You know, I have lantanas that scratch my truck, so I, I, I tend <laughs> to be a little bit more that. practical <laughs> about these things. I'm going to cut that thing off. You know? <laughs> the um, paper bush survived. Oh, good, 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 I, good. I didn't think it would, but the um, every time I go by there, the blossoms just smell Love divine. that plant. If y'all <laughs> don't know Edgeworthia, look it up. It's a beautiful yeah. plant. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I finally got them in the ground. Good. And uh, they're in a, um, I would say, a somewhat sheltered spot close to the house. And um, uh, it, it's, it's face, it faces south. And mm-hmm. east, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, I, I guess it just is a good spot for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, um, I was quite surprised. I actually have a nice big fat camellia bird, and one which is in flower. Uh, all the other ones, which were you know halfway there and everything else, got frozen out. But mm-hmm. this one, it just looks gorgeous. <laughs> the very latest varieties of camellias do seem to be, you know, their buds were tight enough that now that we've warmed up. And they realize how warm it is. They've decided they better hurry up and bloom. <laughs> There's yeah, been some yeah. very pretty flowers out here this week. But well, this, this one is like um, 
uh, what's that? The, the the Christmas one, um, Yuletide. It's oh, like Yuletide, Yuletide mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. Um, but bigger. Yeah, late variety. Yeah, yeah, those are nice. I would just. I do want to make sure everybody knows though. Go and rake those buds up that fell off, because that's a you don't need that contamination. They're they're gonna they're they're not going to rot pleasantly in the bed. You need to no get them no. Out. In fact, I I did trim my um my early. The fall ones, yeah. and um, yeah. in the meantime, when I was picking up all the trash, I ended up getting poison ivy. Oh On that goodness. note, I'll let you go. <laughs> oh my goodness! Take care of yourself, Anna. Goodness okay, gracious! Bye bye. Goodness gracious! <laughs> That's something. Speaking of plants, plants, and more plants, um, everybody's going to have a plant sale, and I wanted to make sure that I, I don't have all the dates in front of me. Like I said, I'm going to bring that to you as we get in towards into next week and whatnot, um, as we get closer to the time for them. But make sure you look around locally because there's whether it's your farmer's market and a plant person there or whether it's uh, the, the master gardeners or a church group that grows plants or a horticulture club somewhere, make sure that you get in touch because that's a group you want to support. Um, and, for example, Yellow pear tomatoes are not popular, but I can tell you that the Mississippi State Horticulture Club grows the best ones you'll ever have. I hope you all are growing them this year. You better, because <laughs> they do a beautiful job with that. It's a heritage yellow pear tomato. It's beautiful. They do a lot of things. Everybody, each each local area has a group of crazy plant people, as we call ourselves, and you, you should take advantage of them for that. Um, speaking of you crazy plant people, I want to send out a shout-out to, I, I think it was Joel from Brooklyn, somebody. Anyway, told the folks at Delta Blues Rice how nice I am to them and how much I love them. And they got in touch with me this week. And they sent me a package, and I'm so happy. And I say thank you to David. I just really am tickled. By the way, the, the, if you if you don't know about this, don't say a word, Raleigh. If you don't know about this, brown rice grits, wow. I cooked those. Wow. Now, tonight it's going to be the jasmine grits, jasmine rice grits. Ooh-wee. No love for the producer. No, you don't, you don't get any of it. You don't get any of it. I'm eating all of it. No, I probably won't. If I, if I was cooking gumbo, I would definitely put their long grain rice in a scoop on the top of it for you. I really would. It's delicious. Wonderful, wonderful food. Thank you, David. Appreciate you all so much. Our friends at Delta Blues Rice, really, really sweet. And uh, big thanks you know, for telling them how nice I am. <laughs> hey, do you like mahi-mahi, my friends? Have you ever eaten that fish? I do love that fish. Mm, that's good. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, um, here I go again with my what you're supposed to eat and what you're not supposed to eat stuff, but but, but I used to be a big swordfish fan. Not supposed to eat that so much. Anymore. I mean, they're, it's a difficult environment for them now. But mahi-mahi is in that flavor profile. It has that very mild taste and, and an almost steak-like texture, which I find delicious and, and really, really good any way you cook it. There's some there's some fish that you can't put, for example, into a taco, <laughs> things like that. They fall apart. But but mahi-mahi is delicious as a, as a centerpiece in your entree or as a fish that you use in other things. Um, just fascinating thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful fish. I have... Um, I know it has dark and light meat in it, which sounds weird for a fish, but it does. It's uh, You'll sometimes hear it called Dorado, and it is the common 
dolphin fish, which is another name for it, which is another one of those confusing things. Why do we do that? But we do that. And it, it is indeed um, an absolutely marvelous, pretty, pretty fish. I like it on my plate, too. One of the things that we've learned about it this week is that it is very particular when it comes to, shall we say, dating and finding other mahi-mahi to set up life with. University of Miami Rosensteel School of Marine and Atmospheric Science is letting us know they've been out in the Florida Straits. Wouldn't you like to be out there with them watching the fish? Oh, that'd be fun. Under the new moon. Here we go again. The bioluminescent bacteria don't light up as much when there's a full moon because they don't want the squid to be seen. Well, here we go. In the new moon is when the mahi-mahi feel, shall we say, eager to meet another mahi Romantically inclined. And seriously romantically inclined. I love this. They they tagged them, of course. You know, I'm, I realize that I still think it's probably true that the tagged fish either is really lauded by his companions or he's shunned. I'm not real sure which happens when you come back with that little radio transmitter on you. But what they're working on, of course, is to predict the spawning model so that they can create a better environment for them so that we can all have more mahi-mahi. And it's it's delightful. They're, it's wonderful what they do with satellites and images and this, that, and the other thing. Also that we can have more delicious fish. Cool. Surface slicks, too, by the way, where they breed is important because they are a surface fish. Oh, my goodness. Here he comes again. Yes, it is Van Morrison Day here on Weekend Gardening. No, it's not his birthday. Just sometimes these things happen. (laughs) So much to go. A lot to talk about. Many things on my mind and probably yours, too. So stick around. We're going to go out and come back with Weekend Gardening. Battery power made by steel. From trimmers and mowers to chainsaws and blowers, steel battery tools are exactly what you need to tackle your to-do list. Whether you need to maintain your yard or completely transform your landscape. Shop online for the Steel AK Homeowner Series starting at just $199.99. Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Honey, are you sure you don't need to call Mississippi 811 before you dig the post holes? I'm just going down a foot or two. It's really not digging. Okay, but I'm just saying. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Digging post holes? You'll need to call Mississippi 811 two days before you dig to prevent you from hitting things like underground electric wires. <laughs> Honey, our electricity just died. Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Step into spring and get your planting started at the Garden Extravaganza. Join us March 19 to the 21st at the new Trademark in Jackson. Shop garden, patio, and outdoor at one location. Garden centers, outdoor decor and accessories, landscapers, and so much more. Masks required, lots of space for social distancing and hand sanitizing stations. Follow Garden Extravaganza on Facebook today and get ready to shop till you drop. Friday, March 19, Saturday, March 20, and Sunday, March 21st at the Trademark in Jackson. 
Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And away go troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Recently, CNN's Jake Tapper pushed Governor Tate Reeves for his opinion on whether or not the election of President Joe Biden was fair. Here was Reeves' response. President Biden is the duly elected president of the United States. He was certified by all 50 states, either having won or lost. He lost my state by 20 points, but he was certified in each of the individual states. He was certified by the U.S. Congress, and he's the duly elected president. That doesn't mean that we don't have bad laws in the books in other states. It's just a fact. And on Thursday, Governor Reeves signed the bill which bans transgender athletes from competing on women's sports teams at state-run schools and universities. Senator Angela Hill, who authored the bill, joined Fox and Friends to discuss it. 79% of Mississippians who agree with us are extremely pleased that we've passed this bill to protect female athletes from unfair competition. A similar law enacted in Idaho in 2020 was bought by a federal court. I'm Andy Davis. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Honey, are you sure you don't need to call Mississippi 811 before you dig the post holes? I'm just going down a foot or two. It's really not digging. Okay, but I'm just saying. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Digging post holes? You'll need to call Mississippi 811 two days before you dig to prevent you from hitting things like underground electric wires. Honey, our electricity just died. Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Mississippi was one of the first states to launch sports betting, but three bills aimed at expanding that to mobile platforms died in committee. Larry Gregory, executive director of the Mississippi Gaming Association, says there just wasn't any agreement with all 26 operators. You know, you get down into the weeds, and it is very, very complex. And different companies have different models that they use uh, throughout the country uh, with that mobile sports betting. And getting uh, one to agree to certain things in the weeds uh, becomes challenging at times. And this week, Jackson State's head football coach, Deion Sanders, took to Twitter to announce some big news. Good news, baby. We got good news. Guess what? Jackson State game has been moved to ESPN2. I'm not talking about ESPN14, baby. ESPN2, this Sunday at 2 p.m. So far, the Tigers are 2-0. and Sunday, they take on Mississippi Valley State. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. The Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Southeastern Conference basketball tournament action yesterday saw Mississippi State fall to Alabama 85-48. Florida fell to Tennessee 78 to 66, so Alabama and Tennessee will meet in the first semifinal game today. Arkansas defeated Missouri 70 to 64. 
And Ole Miss fought hard, but LSU won 76 to 73 over the Rebels. So Arkansas and LSU will be the other semifinal game today in the SEC basketball tournament. Selection Sunday is 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon for the NCAA and NIT postseason possibilities. And baseball today, Ole Miss will be airtime 1 o'clock on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State will be at 1.30 airtime on the Mississippi State Baseball Network. I'm Dixie Williams, Super Talk Sports Mississippi. a career, a job, an opportunity? If so, Mississippi Community Colleges are your affordable solution. As experts in training people for high-paying careers and connecting people to opportunities, Mississippi Community Colleges can help you achieve your dream. Visit your community college for more information on the My Best program and other career pathways. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. For more information, email info at mccb.edu. This is Jake Mangum for Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. One of the most underrated attributes in baseball is determination. It's one thing to want to do something and another altogether to get it done. That's why I love the team at Farm Bureau. They get the job done every single time. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfdins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Former Ole Miss and Major League Baseball legend and star Don Kestinger will have his jersey number retired on Thursday, April 22nd, as the Rebels will open a three-game series against LSU that weekend. That, of course, will be Grove Bowl weekend as well. Kessinger's number 11 jersey, the number he wore, he earned six All-Stars and two gold gloves. A shortstop for the Chicago Cubs will be displayed on the outfield wall at OU Stadium, and he will join Jake Gibbs as the only two Rebel baseball players to have their numbers retired. In another note, Jackson State's football game against Mississippi Valley scheduled for Sunday has been moved to a 2 o'clock kickoff because it will now be televised on ESPN2. Mississippi State, Mississippi Valley State and Jackson State were to play the opening SWAC game, but that was moved because of COVID situations. The Tigers are 2-0 and 1-0 and in the SWAC. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. I'll tell you what, some days are just easier than others. This one's a crazy one. We're <laughs> I don't know if you're any of you. We're are, learning things we're, today. We're, we're catching up on things today and finding out things and I hit one thing and it turned it off, and I hit another and it turned it on and updated it. So I don't know what I did, but at least I'm here now. <laughs> so you did get your text up? I got them up, yes, finally. Goodness gracious. Keep struggling with this. I know. I have I have an old computer at my own home. My laptop is six or seven years old. I've written several books on it. I have lots of stuff stored in it, and... I have to tell you, every time it updates, I'm scared it's not going to come back because <laughs> it has a few problems. But the good news is 
Oh, look, we are streaming. Oh, that's wonderful. Hello, everybody. <laughs> anyway, welcome in. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama, and it is a tremendous pleasure and a real, real, real privilege to be with you to talk about our plants, to talk about the ones we're growing, the ones we would like to grow, sometimes the ones that we wouldn't like to grow. Um, don't forget to spring forward tonight. I hope you've already, you know, my theory is you reset your clocks on Friday, and by the time it's Sunday, you're over the confusion. <laughs> So it doesn't work every time. I'd have been a little late here this morning. But the good news is um, we're we're all going to spring forward, and, yep, that's going to change a lot of things. Um, I have a a note from a friend this morning that says that it's really not that bad because I don't like daylight. I don't like the changing of it. I wish we'd just leave it one way or the other. But my friend says it's not so bad. Then when you can't sleep at 3 a.m., it's 4 a.m., and it's not so bad after that. So maybe she's right. Five-year-old Rosemary in the raised bed from Bob, um, he says that the upper parts of the stems are summer green and others are not. Can I cut them all back or would it be better to pull it up? I don't. I would cut it back first. I certainly wouldn't pull it up without seeing if we can't get it to get happy because Rosemary is one of those plants that has a woody herb. It does not trans. It doesn't. Let's put it this way. It's hard to root. And it's even harder to dig up and move. So if we can get this one to work, we'll be better off than any of their other approaches. Take off what's obviously dead. Frankly, if if as it looks, this thing is getting too wet, that's the point where you're going to want to take some of that soil conditioner again that I talked about or even some um, ground, some, some good sand, some sharp sand, something that's going to loosen up the soil right around it. You're not going to dig it up. You're just going to work in some things around it to help it be a little looser. And I believe I believe that's just a bit of winter damage, but mostly it's uh, it's a case where things have gotten a little too wet and a little too dry. They like a, a moderate, n- never seriously wet, but they don't want to dry out entirely either. So keep it, get it a little bit more moderate going, and I think you'll be able to enjoy it. Beautiful bright green. You can certainly harvest you know six or eight inches off of it as well. from the healthy ones, which will give it a little bit less stress on the entire plant and may help you grow some more. Um, You know, one of the cool things about rosemary is that even when those stems are brown, if you press on them a little bit, they'll still smell like rosemary, and they're very, very stiff. You can literally soak those in water and use them as skewers for things. Um, I, I really like the way cherry tomatoes taste with rosemary bloomed through them. <laughs> so, but be sure you soak the stem first. Otherwise, it becomes the whole thing becomes a sparkler, and it's not, not good. Not going to be good. I haven't seen that happen, but I know it does happen. Uh, I had that problem once with kebabs, just using a plain stick that I forgot to soak. <laughs> it, that, that'll happen. You know what else will happen? Those cedar planks, not in the restaurant, but people will give you the cedar plank and you try to put the salmon on it. You don't soak that. It's a mess. It's a real mess. It's, some people oil it. Some people soak it. Different things. But if you don't treat that wood a little bit, you end up with you cook on it once, and that's the end of that road. <laughs> not good. Um Sarah from Winona is looking for those small red hot peppers. I'm, I'm going to say look at tomato growers for a website that has boatloads of peppers and tomatoes for varieties. Um, Johnny's Select Seeds, probably. And, of course, my go-to, Renee's Garden Seeds. I don't know which one will have it, but one of them will. And if you 
if you decide to shop with Renee, I wish you would use my code, which you can get from Mama on Air at yahoo.com. That helps me. Helps Renee, too, because then she knows where all her friends are. <laughs> um, let's see. Susan's from Renfro. She wants to know how to contain. I love this. Not control. She's so right. Thorns and briars. Um, cut them off and treat them. It really depends on what it is, but let's say we're talking about wild brambles that might make a berry at some point in the summer that's nasty and you don't want to eat it, but the wildlife will enjoy it. That that kind of wild berry. The reason I say it's nasty is because it has too many seeds on it and it's too hard to take more sugar than fruit at that point to turn it into something that I want to eat. So what I like to do, though, I have a couple of spaces in my at my place where Smilax got ahead of me. And I have one place where this the the brambles that are in bloom right now are ahead of me. These are not dewberries. I do have dewberries. These are not those. <laughs> These are something else. And no matter what I do to them, the leaves are small and the fruit is small. And it's, a, it's actually one of the things that I consider to be a weed in my garden. And I try to move it and get rid of it. So it's real hard to dig them up. This is one of those cases where... If you can cut them all the way down and get them out, you know, pull out as much as you can, you will, you'll still going to have it. As she says, we're going to contain it. We're not going to control it. We're, we're, we're never going to get rid of it. We're just going to try and keep it under some level of control. And in that case, there's nothing wrong with cutting it as often as you want to. Now, what I found with the Smilax as well as with these briars is that the new growth is a little easier to work with and is more tender. So at this point where everything's overgrown and it's getting into the time when everything's going to start blooming, go cut down as much of it as you can. Then, after you cut those briars and cut them back and you cut as often as you want to, cut them down entirely if you can, I'm going to tell you something that you will have to promise me you never heard me say, she said. <laughs> and that is, the most effective thing to suppressing that weed is not trying to spray it. You, you can certainly, when they pop back up, you can try spraying them with one of the glyphosates or even one of the corn gluten herbicides. It'll knock them down for a little bit, but oftentimes those roots are very, very serious, and it's going to pop back up. So you take a half a teaspoon of salt. Yes, that's right, table salt, cheap table salt, and put it in the hole where you've just pulled that one cane out, where you've just cut that cane all the way down into the ground. It doesn't really help the soil. It's not going to it's not something you necessarily want your neighbors to see you doing because they'll think you've lost your mind. And I never said it, so I won't take it, take credit for it either. But it will suppress. And it's one of those things where we there are things in our environment that we need to suppress, need to control, need to keep, as she says, contained. I like that. Um, I do know one person who had so many of these types of brambles and things that she actually, rather than try to get rid of them at all, she began building a wildlife thicket by taking other pieces of wood and other odd things and sticking them underneath the briars, shoving them up in there. Then the briars grow up over them, and the wildlife has a place to hide, to rest, to nest, you know, all the things that they're looking for. (laughs) It's not attractive, but when the whole thing grows over the top and blooms, it's very pretty for a minute. (laughs) 
Well, whenever you, you know, if you don't get a lot of birds in your backyard or something, and then it's a all good of a sudden idea. you get to hear the birds chirping right. in the morning. That's and right. And you'll have, you'll have that space for all of that. Um, the morning doves really like my, I have a thicket like that that is there anyway. But if you grow it intentionally, you have a little more control over it. So I, I like that. That's a good I'll question. I'll tell you what. I do not have any birds that come through my neighborhood. I'm you know, sorry. It's not very often that I get to hear a bird singing. But I went over to my parents' house the other day in the middle of the afternoon. And they live right on the backside of some woods. And it was just amazing. Isn't that fun? All the birds singing. So much fun. Now. If your neighbors don't feed the birds and you set up a bird feeding station, you may be overwhelmed and swamped. You may find that, like like me, um, my, my birds have known me for a while and we coexist, but they get really angry when I don't fill up the feeder. And they will <laughs> sit and yell at me. And I'm telling you, it happens. And, in fact, one of the things on my list today is more sunflower seeds because <laughs> I'm out. Is a bird feeder one of those things where if you build it, they will come? Yes. Okay. Yes. Maybe that's particularly, what I need to do. Particularly a bird, feed- bird feeding station. Think of it that way. Think of it as um, a couple of feeders and a water station, and they'll find you. They'll they believe me. They'll, they'll find you. Hopefully, it won't be the grackles in August. <laughs> I think that's the right one. Uh, Brenda's in Brandon. She says. Uh, this is what happened with the tomato from last week. Well, it sprouted. She had the tomato with it. We, we, you remember we talked about it and it had sprouted through its skin, and she's planted it, and now it's coming along. I think that's cool. This picture is significantly better than the one she sent last I week. I think you should fertilize it and, and, and keep it covered up when the weather gets cold. And, of course, our now my screen just went snap, and I don't have the screen anymore. So. <laughs> I can still see we, the picture from we, last week. It's still disgusting. We have one after another after another of of um, technical excitements today. But I'm tickled, Brenda. I think that's wonderful. You know, I think that tomato was beautiful. And now that I can see the tomato babies coming through the soil, I'm going to say fertilize it. Let's go. Put a cage around it and uh, start growing. Because that's fun. That's really neat. Very, very special. Y'all are fun. See, it just keeps snapping off. I'm going to try and get all of these, but um, my screen doesn't want to keep them. Um, Do you want me to start reading some? Now, I've got decoded. This is David in Canton. Do coated tomato seeds take longer to sprout? I don't think so. Um, Usually when seeds are coated, they'll coat lettuce, they'll coat parsley, things that we would tend to that the seeds would tend to rot before they sprouted or that we would tend to sow too close together. Sometimes they'll coat seeds that are very expensive, like a tomato that's a hybrid that's very precious. But usually that's just a matter of keeping the seed preserved. It's, it should not cause it to take any longer. It's still going to melt in water and, and go right on and do what you need it to do. But if your child needs to do a science fair project, we could do this. <laughs> we could we could test co- coated seeds. Um, and and uncoated and see which whether or not see which way it goes you know interesting interesting coated seeds hmm are they harder I have to find out if there's any research about that I'm I'm sure somebody has has tested the different coatings but I don't know about the other okay there's now, research on it you're the person to find it now the whole thing has crashed so what is the next text sir you get to, you get to hear Raleigh's <laughs> voice now we got William in Greenville. Uh, 
Let's see. I'm trying to figure out which one of these text messages is one from today. The bottom one, usually. Yeah. Sometimes they're not, but usually. Had celebrity last year in a barrel grow 10 feet high and had tomatoes until Christmas. <laughs> then freeze hit and had lots of small tomatoes left on the vine that froze solid. Mockingbirds were eating the seeds and the frozen tomatoes. They ate all the remaining fruit during that cold spell. It was fun to watch them peck through that. Frozen fruit, get to the seed. I love that. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love to... that? Now, that's where we need the wildlife camera you know watching them eat frozen tomatoes that would be tremendous thanks for letting us know about that and i will say that that's a mighty impressive celebrity to get 10 feet tall (laughs) i managed to get one i think i fertilized it too much and i got one to be about five and a half and it it seemed funny at that height (laughs) but Well, Gina and Florence is having the same uh, situation that we were actually talking about with me earlier. She's wanting to plant a herb garden today, mm-hmm. and uh, she was asking what potting soil they should use. Real important that you have well-drained potting soil even for no matter which herbs you're growing, especially for rosemary, but even for any of them, because you want them to grow fast. You want them to be able to take up their their nutrients but you don't want to have to push them with fertilizer. The thing we, we understand about herbs is that when they grow well and then we harvest them, they're very flavorful because they're not over-fertilized. If we overwater and over-fertilize, they get a little wimpy. And you'll, for example, um, if you pick basil after it's rained all day, it's not going to be nearly as tasty as if you had picked it that morning. So that's one of the things we have to understand about the oils that form in the plant. So that's really part of the fun of it. Um if if I'm gonna, let's see, help me out. What does she she wants to read her question again? I don't want to answer the wrong question. Uh, we'll be working on potting herbs today. What potting soil should we use? The soil itself. Okay, I'm going to tell you that you don't want to go buy a potting soil. You want to make one. And here's the quick recipe: take a bag of good potting soil. It doesn't have to be the most expensive one, but I probably wouldn't use the cheapest one either, one in the middle. Take that bag, dump it into something or on the ground if you don't have a, a wheelbarrow. Then take that same bag that you just dumped out and measure out half a bag of ground bark or ground soil conditioner and then another half a bag of something manure or composted, cow manure, composted, chicken manure, one of those things. Mix all of those things together and then feel the soil, Okay. If it feels like it's still too thick, put in some more soil conditioner. If you feel like you've got it too loose, add a little bit more of the potting soil or the sand, either one. But what you're trying to do is get a mix that has a variety of particle sizes in it so that it can hold water around the roots, sure, but it's not going to hold so much water that the roots are going to drown because clearly, you know, we're going to have wet weather. We often, sometimes we even, she said, forget and leave our sprinklers on. (laughs) <laughs> Oops, my soaker hoses. I don't have sprinklers. But I've been known to do that. All of a sudden you look out in the driveway and go, hmm, I wonder what I did. Oops, that's what I did. But the, if you will make that soil, take it and just improve what you can buy, you'll you'll be better off. If you are using all of those things, you will also want to put some garden lime into that soil simply because it, it will help keep it a little sweeter and won't be quite as acid. So get a big bag of good garden soil. Get a bag of soil conditioner or ground bark mulch. Get a bag of good sharp sand, like playground sand, and get a tiny little bag of dolomite lime, and you'll have a really good experience. The The soil that you mix is always going to be better if you amend it a little bit yourself. All right, what's next? We got time for one more short one before the break. Yes. 
This is Brian in Louisville. Is it too late to plant bunch or green onions? No, you're fine. Hurry up, though. <laughs> the reason I say that is because you're a little farther north than you're, you're in 8A, maybe even 7B. You're in 8A, probably. But the point is, you can grow at least through March, April, and May. So go ahead and plant, and you will have some green onions. You, may, you won't get big onions, I don't think. But you will get plenty of green onions and some delicious small white or yellow onions for their taste. All right? All right. We're going to reboot a couple of computers over here and come back around with more Weekend Gardening. Farming isn't exactly the simple life. It involves satellites and spreadsheets and high-tech machinery to succeed. You need equipment like spreaders and sprayers and combines and the financial tools as well. For more than 100 years, Mississippi Land Bank has provided the loans that equip agricultural businesses. We understand what it takes to make a farm work, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. Mississippi Land Bank, mslandbank.com. Seaspire 5G. We're building a fast, powerful 5G network to bring you faster phones. You heard right. Seaspire 5G. Phones. Faster. Saying it anymore would be. Seaspire 5G. Faster phones. No bull. For a limited time, get our best 5G phone free with trading. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. This month, we'll be celebrating the anniversary of our first year in business. My wife, Jane, never misses a chance to remind me how bad my timing was to open a retail gun store right at the start of a global pandemic. But thanks to many of you, we've had a great year. Plus, we've made a lot of new friends. We have ammo arriving daily, and you will find our prices to be the lowest in the area. We'll be offering specials all month to celebrate me proving my wife wrong. So I hope you'll come see us. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. 
Just I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. This is JT. If you're like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks, 1-800-647-8540, or on the web, MajesticMetalsINC.com. Are you an employee or employer in search of flame-resistant clothing that'll protect your arms and legs but won't cost you an arm and a leg? Well, ESI Supply has you covered, literally, with full coveralls, button-down long sleeves, two-button cotton pullovers, and jeans to go with them. ESI Supply is your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. If we don't have it, we can get it at prices that won't burn the pocketbook. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. And online at ESISupply.net. ESI Supply, your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. For the moment, we have the text line back up. We can see a few things, so we're going to work on that. Of course, you're always welcome to call us, 888-808-8637. This is Weekend Gardening. This is the place for the green. That's right. We're all about what's growing, what's not growing, what's sometimes growing. Trey, your your field looks beautiful, just gorgeous. He's uh, he's in Grenada, of course. Um, 14 rows ready to plant. They're beautiful. 100 foot, 200 foot. I don't even know how long. I can tell you he puts them to good work, too, though. Delicious food from up there. Wonderful It's a good day's work right there. (laughs) Seriously. Let's see. Dee in Hines County has a single-looking hyacinth, um, and she wants to know. It just popped up. I'm I'm not sure, but I think it's a Spanish bluebell. Um, Look that one up and see if it – because you'll need to get close into the flower and and to tell the difference. But it it, it could be a scylla, S-C-I-L-L-A. It look, which is woods hyacinth, but it, it actually looks more like the Spanish bluebell. Both of those have a little blue flower on them at this time of the year. It just depends on which blue flower it is when you get up close to it. Nice, nice. Beautiful, though. I love when things pop up and we we just have to decide what they are. You know, it's fun to see. <laughs> Greg and Nettleton. I think this is the same question that I ask about or the same comment that I make about the animals that get tagged. You know, did they want to be tagged? We don't really know. He says he just helped a a turtle get across the road. He's not sure if that's where he was going, but that's where he is now. So thank you very much for that. Alvin and Brandon's planting potatoes and corn. Good on you. Jeremy sent a picture and wants to know if I think it's a holly. I, I don't think it's a holly. I but I don't know. It, there's only the little bit of leaves, and it. It. I just. I'm having trouble thinking of what it could be, because it. It looks more in the. Clara, you know, long thin leaf rather than the holly type leaf that I. Even the deciduous ones and the ones that don't have spines on the leaves, usually have a slightly more rounded leaf than that. I don't know for sure. Is this the time to spray the Japanese maple? Oh, good question. Um, if you have had the problem 
with your your uh, Japanese maple in the summertime or your dogwood in the summertime, getting the white stipples on the leaves and then the leaves all falling off too early. If you've had hydrangeas that get leaf spot later on in the summer, these are the problems that the, the pest begins now. The fungus gets into the plant when the fir- when the leaves are first unfurling. So if your leaves have begun to come out when they when they are coming out is the time to spray weekly with a fungicide. Um, I noticed today that uh, my orangeola Japanese maple has begun. It does not get those problems, but it has it has begun to just begun to start to swell its buds. So it it isn't showing color yet. It would not be ready to spray, but yours may be a little bit ahead of me. Gary in Bassville, let's talk about what what's on your mind today. Flowers, huh? Hey, Gary. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. What's on your mind? Hi, Nellie. Hey. Hello, my two no, uh, What I wanted to mention was, as we're headed down to the Gulf Coast Daily Club meeting. Wonderful. In Agricola, but the Hattiesburg Daily Society is meeting next Saturday in Hattiesburg. So we're back meeting. Oh, good. That's wonderful. On, on Sunday, okay, actually it's meeting on Sunday. On Sunday? Next Sunday, so we're Good. back meeting. Good. Um, I hope everything works out in that uh, email that you've gotten concerning the national conference. I will, I will, be, talking, I will be talking about it quite a bit. It I don't, doesn't look okay. like that I'll be able to be there, but it sure does look like a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for y'all. Um, national conventions are few and far between anyway. And for y'all to be able to celebrate Mr. Earl's birthday and have the the national folks come to you, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, well, and actually, it'll be the seventy-fifth anniversary. Yeah, of y'all are what it. Was the National Amicalis Society now it's the National Daylilies Society? Y'all are just y'all are but, it. You know, y'all are. It's a wonderful, wonderful group. I hope y'all are driving safely. By the way. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah. But the um, uh, the other thing is, is when you were talking beginning of the show about small tomatoes, people, mm-hmm. I've had great luck growing both Sweet 100s mm-hmm. for their flavor and sweetness, and the Juliets, which have a good, strong flavor, which are a little bigger. But both of them, I grow them in pots, but both of them will get anywhere from 7 to 10 feet in length. Mm-hmm. They so sure do. That's the one negative, so you have to take care of getting them off the ground, keeping them off the ground. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned Juliet. I'm so glad you mentioned Juliet because that's a really good one for salsa. <laughs> yeah, it's been hard. I I'll couldn't find them mind. last year. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to hear from you. Y'all be careful. I well, wish we will, and you take care en- of yourself. Enjoy those hemorrhagalis. I have to say it formally. Enjoy those hemorrhagalis, the Daylily Society folks. Um, there, that's a wonderful group of people, and t- I'm telling you, this is going to be a biggie in Hattiesburg in May, the, the conference. But it's exciting to hear that they're beginning to meet again um, in person. That's delightful. I like that. All right. Jeremy had one more question, and that was about the black stuff on his crepe myrtles. Is it aphids? Here's what we have to do, folks. we got to look. You got to go out and see if the black stuff on there is the city mold and it just scrapes off and that's all there is to it. Then yes, there's probably aphids or somebody feeding in the top part of the tree. You control the insects, you'll control the city mold. But when the black city mold is on the bark, this time of year you're going to start seeing the little white felty stuff coming out from the edges of it. It is the crepe myrtle bark scale. 
much bigger problem. So figure out which is the problem, and then we can talk about which what to do about it. Not a good situation. Um, let's see. I don't know who this is from, but I would not have known that they were um, – I, I just would not have known that, that they were Indian Hawthorns if you hadn't told me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The um, This is difficult because what happens to Indian Hawthorns is that like so many other plants, they can get crowded underneath, lose all their leaves, and only have leaves on the top surface and yet continue to bloom. So they're basically shrubs with nothing underneath except the leaves on the very top. So you go, well, if I prune them, there's not going to be any leaves. That's true. However, the the shrubs are not going to last very long like they are. So I would say cut them halfway down, fertilize water. Let's see if we can get some new growth to start. And if that's too much trouble or if these are in your front yard, which it looks like they might be because you need to do some work on your yard too, this was a great time to replace those with a different shrub. The good news is that the more modern varieties of Indian hawthorn are easier to grow than the older varieties. If these have been there more than 15 years, they're, they're much harder to grow than the ones that are out here now. When Speaking of that, if you're cruising around online and you want to think about some shrubs for your garden, there, there's nobody paying me to tell you this, but you're going to get good references if you go and look at the Southern Living Plant Collection because they intend their plants, the ones that they select and trial, they don't, they don't invent them. They go and find the ones that all the growers are doing and put them into this package of plants that they really like. And there are some lovely ones in there. There's some um, Indian hawthorns that you will like. I've heard that quite a few people are already seeing splits in the base of their azalea uh, shrubs down at ground level. I'm surprised. I wouldn't have thought we would see that until summertime. But I've had a couple of reports this week that told me that they're, they're already splitting at the bottom and the shrubs are falling apart. So we're going to be doing a lot of planting. Um, I don't want you to prune too soon. I don't want you to replace too early. But looking at these Indian hawthorns, which already only had any leaves on the top, they need some attention. So I'm going to say prune them and give yourself the chance to uh, see if they can regrow, unless you just don't want to. (laughs) And I get that. A lot of times people will say, well, that'd be fine, Nellie, but it's too much trouble. I'm going to go get another plant. I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. My nursery, my nursery folks really like that too. Cut them back. Cut these Indian hawthorns back about half. Water and fertilize. Let's see what we can do. See if we can get them to grow. Um, Rhett and Ridgeland, how do you do? If I had a banana tree in a big pot outside, is it gone for now? Well, it's gone for now, but it may sprout. So, in other words, the top is probably frozen and fallen over. And you should remove all of that mess because um, it, it, is, it is a mess. And, and get that stuff out of there. I tell you what, one of the things, one of the funniest things when I got here, I'm, I'm, I, there are hardier bananas than others. There are some that are, that are hardier than others. But one of my neighbors was determined to keep his over the year, over the winter, and literally cut, them, cut the tops out but wrapped the whole plant up and kept it, you know, kept it wrapped up in, like, pink insulation. 
which was very strange. Fire ants got in it. It was a big mess. But they lived. I'm still not sure whether he would have done it twice. Um, But people do all sorts of crazy things with their bananas. Usually, the majority of the bananas that we have in our gardens here will come back even from that freeze that we just had. Not all, but most of them will, especially well-established ones. Um. No, you didn't. Okay, that was a different question. Oh, peaches. That's beautiful pictures. Thank you. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Need to see that today. <laughs> I like those flowers. Let's see. Um, We'll just say that this is, uh, I don't know, Marion Moselle. I have no idea. I don't see a name in this thread. I need a plant to put around an outdoor shower that will survive year-round depends on how tall you need it to be if you're trying to use it as cover um then i would say look at sky pencil hollies um they're evergreen they have small leaves they're very tall and very narrow in their 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 form you know they're not going to take up a whole lot of space um but i probably need to know more about the space you're trying to cover up he said to cover he just texted back a second ago yeah Get it tall enough to be to go around you. Bamboo. <laughs> if you could keep it from spreading everywhere else, yeah. But um, I'm thinking the the pencil cedars would be a really good choice. Look at that, and look at some other things that are in that. When when you see the the description of the plant, it's going to say columnar. For example, it'd be columnar holly, or it'll be um, there. There are some. There's even some columnar pear trees that would that you don't want because they would lose their leaves but that's what you're looking for in that setting i have no problem with that at all i have uh well if it's near your house then put um well that's a different discussion don't plant bamboo (laughs) too close to your house that's too close to your house but the pencil cedars won't be any problem it's easy one Okay, we got that taken care of. That's an interesting problem, though. I I have had, um, I once had the pleasure of living in a house that used to be, in the previous century, operated with cisterns. And the cisterns were cypress, and they were up on top of brick structures that were about 10 feet tall. And the cisterns sat on top of that. And then the water system came down that way. So that's where the shower was at that particular house for a long time. And it was a blast. But we had, we, we definitely, you have to be, you have to be kind of ready for an outdoor shower. Cause if you take the hose and run it for a hundred feet, it's going to be real hot. And if you don't, it's going to be real cold. <laughs> so <laughs> you can make up your mind what you can stop, what you can tolerate. Let's see. Sago palms are brown. Oh my goodness! Hey Debbie, sago palms are brown um, due to the the snow and ice. She's in Summerall. Don't do anything right now. Let nature take its course, as you say. You're exactly right, and you'll you'll know shortly. But sagos are slow anyway. Sometimes in the springtime, you you'll wonder if that thing's just going to sit there, and then a couple of days later, it'll have some some leaves on it. But it's too soon to to make that decision right now. I just looked at her comment before that. What, what about sago palms is poison? Um, there's the seeds, I think. I'm not sure about how much. I'm not sure if all the rest of it is. Like if an animal eats it, like it's poison to an animal or is like. <laughs> yes. That stresses me out. 
Well, I wouldn't want one. I got a dog. <laughs> well, your dog is. The, here's the thing. Plants are plants are people's responsibility. So, for example, the berries that form on old-fashioned lantana varieties are poisonous. I'm not going to plant that in my front yard where the children are going to run through and, and maybe get into it and maybe have a problem with it. But I'm also going to teach my kids and the kids that come to my yard that you don't eat anything that didn't on the plate that your mama gave you at this particular, or your daddy, at this particular point in your life. <laughs> we go, foraging is for adults, not for kids, not for dogs. Oh, no, I know there's somebody out there that's mad at me right now. And, yes, I know his name, and he's related to me. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that. Don't send him out. Don't send him out to just eat in the backyard. It's not going to work. Harumph. We can argue about that, this, and the other thing, because this is weekend gardening. Good direction. Turn them grains. Before you dig or drive stakes in the ground, call 811 or you might hit. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> An electric line or a gas line. Tent's gone. Yeah, driving stakes. Call Mississippi 811 two days before pounding. It may keep you out of the. Don't worry, honey, the doghouse is just fine. There's room for both of us in here. Call 811 two days before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Need a career, a job, an opportunity? If so, Mississippi Community Colleges are your affordable solution. As experts in training people for high-paying careers and connecting people to opportunities, Mississippi Community Colleges can help you achieve your dream. Visit your community college for more information on the My Best program and other career pathways. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. For more information, email info at It's the open house event of the year at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service on Old Fan and Road in Flowood. For just two days, Friday, March 12th and Saturday, March 13th, the entire staff at RJ's will be profiling every boat and inventory to the public. Special incentives will be offered on select models in stock for just two days. Factory reps will also be on hand to answer any of your questions. RJ sells top-of-the-line boat brands like Skeeter Performance Fishing Boats, Bennington Luxury Pontoon Boats, G3, War Eagle, and Express Aluminum Fishing Boats. All the brands that RJ's carries are powered by Yamaha Outboards. From the ultra-portable Yamaha F2.5 to the mighty Yamaha F425 XTO, you won't find a better outboard on the market. Also on site will be reps from Humminbird Depth Finders and Mencota Trolling Motors. Don't forget to drop in before or during the event to register for a chance to win a G3 boat with a Yamaha Outboard package. Drawing held on Saturday, RJ's Outboards Annual Open House, Friday, March 12th and Saturday, March 13th, 1208 Old Fannin Road at the Reds. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies, ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home, because we hate termites more than you do. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Here at Woods Equipment, we are proudly a family-owned and operated lawn care business where we have served our community for the past 12 years. We strive to offer the best sales, service, and parts in Pearl. As your locally-owned Cub Cadet dealer, we can handle all your outdoor power equipment needs with our in-stock inventory to help unlock your best lawn yet. Featuring the most innovative Cub Cadet zero-turn mowers, lawn tractors, walk-behind mowers, and more. Stop by Woods Equipment, the lawnmower store on Highway 80 in Pearl. Come on down. Let's make a deal. Well, there ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a rifle. Hey, don't get a heart. Plant them in the spring, eat them in the summer, all winter without. Yes, even Guy Clark knows. Plant them in the spring. It's not spring yet. <laughs> Y'all hang on. <laughs> I know. There are people that don't grow anything but tomatoes. There are people that grow everything except tomatoes. And, yes, there's a, there's a lot more to tomatoes than there is maybe, say, to squash or beans or even your herbs and whatnot. If I were going to start, I'd start with bush beans. If I was going to start, I would begin there because they're the most likely to be productive and to reward you easily. Good, Really good question. Ten-foot wax leaf froze um, and lost its leaves. What do I do now? This is this is the one you can go check out. Um, take your thumbnail or something like that and scrape a little bit off the bark at the tip. If it's green underneath, good. Just wait. The new leaves will be along. If it's brown, move back down that stem a little bit or that branch. Do it again till you find the part that's green. If there's nothing with any green underneath it, it's going to be time to do some severe pruning and probably shop for a new tree. But it still may come back from the base. What we're going to do is test the branches, though. Okay? That's what we can do at this point. And obviously, if you have something that can have splits in the, in the base of the bark, you need to look for that at this point, too. Um, I love this. Sandra says that she hasn't... Hadn't done as much work in her flower bed as she wanted to do, perhaps, and she's got grasses growing over her roses and other flowers, other bulbs and things. What can she do? Can she spray something is the question. There's a product, as we all know, called Over the Top, which we spray for grasses growing through shrubs. I don't know. I have, don't have the label in front of me, but I can tell you that that will be the product that you will be wanting to look online and read about. Okay, see if it will. It's called over the top because you spray it over the top of other things. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it can help in some cases. Um, I have to tell you, though, 
there's still going to be things to pull out. And sometimes that's the point where you pull out all you can, and when it pops back up again, some people will use glyphosate. I tend to use a corn gluten herbicide and just put it on those particular ones that are sprouting to suppress them. Okay. Getting on to that, that's another question I've got about the bed that I'm wanting to grow those herbs in is that right now it's elevated with, like, fence posts. Like, there's, you know, fence posts two layers high that, you know, were just kind of stacked up and then it had that soil Mm -hmm. put into it. Mm -hmm. Should I stack that up, like, two or three more? No. Just elevate it more to keep the grass clippings out of it? No. That's the problem that I've battled with that since we've owned the house is trying to keep the grass out. Well, um it's going the, the grass is going to come in there until you get other things in there to compete with it. And I I don't want it you don't need this thing to be any deeper than about 10 inches deep. So if it's if if it's a whole lot deeper than that, you need to be growing bigger plants than what you're going to grow and it's a lot would take a lot more water. So I'm going to say no. That's pretty bold of me. I've never seen it and don't know, but if you if you don't really need a raised bed deeper than 10 or 12 inches deep to grow basil and cilantro and parsley and marjoram and sage and thyme and all of those other things. So that's that's a great place to do it. Do you know what the marshmallow test is? I had no idea. I think I probably flunked this maybe along the way. What in the world could TikTok, the, 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 the social media app, uh, cuttlefish and marshmallows have to do with each other? These are three words you wouldn't expect to find in the same sentence but cuttlefish are have just been recently shown by the marine biological laboratory reporting in the proceedings of the royal society b this is the first time that a link between self-control and the intelligence of whatever it is that's exercising self-control has been found in an animal other than humans and chimpanzees cuttlefish of all things good heavens they will delay gratification. That is to say, it's the, the marshmallow test is, will you take the marshmallow or will you wait for the better treat? In other words, it's a selection process that indicates both, in the case of the marshmallow, that you know that it might be lovely for a moment, but it's not going to have much to it. Or are you going to wait for the better better reward? And in this case, the cuttlefish are able to delay their gratification probably better than me. I would take the marshmallow on many occasions, I have to say. Um, whether you're going to get one or two, you know, is the, is the first reward okay? Or if you wait a minute and you get a bigger reward, is that better? The cuttlefish that waited for the longer, waited longer for their meal, also demonstrated better cognitive performance. For example, they were shown a a cue, a visual cue, and then they were presented with the food reward. So it was reversed. And then the reward becomes associated with a, the, the, with a different cue. The cuttlefish were the quickest at learning both of them out of everybody that they surveyed. And that goes directly along with self-control, making the better choice. I'm honestly surprised, like, dolphins and octopi haven't figured that one out yet. They probably have. We just don't yeah. know it yet. Because, like, those, I thought those were, like, the... You know, creme de la creme of the animal kingdom mm-hmm. outside of the chimpanzee. Well, and in in a similar way, the main behavior of a cuttlefish is to hide and wait. And so if you don't figure out which reward you should wait for, it, you probably don't last very long <laughs> as a cuttlefish. Pretty cool, though. 
Who would have thought? I didn't. I never thought about studying them. Interesting stuff. Um, bop, 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 bop. No, Robert, I have not heard of that. But I do know Tokyo Cross, which is a white turnip, but I don't know the one that you're naming. Sorry. That one's not in my repertoire. That's a good word, isn't it? Citizen scientists are so cool to me, and I wanted to make sure that I got to tell you this today because, yet again, we're learning things because we have individuals who have a little time on their hands and are willing to put it to the production of science. The Asian bamboo longhorn beetle has been imported to Europe for like 100 years, but they're proliferating. Some, there are some results, some, some reports that tell us it's because the weather is better for them now. In other words, as conditions warm, it's easier for them to reproduce. But what they've been working on now is trying to figure out how in the world they can keep track of them. And once they started keeping track of them, there's really more than they thought because they have citizen scientists that can go out and monitor. It's really important if we're going to prevent things like these creatures from tearing up the plants that, you know, when we have a non-native species, it's going to do more devastation than the ordinary pest of that creature, of that of that plant, rather, would. And in this case, it becomes particularly invasive and particularly harmful because they take on their non-native, they take on the native species, but they also take on the non-native species. So they're, it's really a mess. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm really glad that they're doing that work. And uh, Oh, thank you, Greg. That's very kind of you. Appreciate that so much. Y'all are so nice. Y'all say the sweetest things. Sandra was so sweet. That was lovely. I appreciate you very, very much for that kind remark. Thank you. I'll see you there again. Um, aquatic toxicology has got reports coming out from the Horizon, Deep Horizon Gulf oil spill that we will be bringing you more about next week, but they are not good. Um, better news, perhaps is that all of these results, I mean, all of these um, things that they want to tell you that that we need to eat better and we need to eat differently. Do you know what his question is? I'm not going to get there. There's not enough time. I don't know what the question is. Okay. You want to talk about fig trees? Well, t- Kevin, call me next week because we don't have time to have a conversation at this moment. But American Heart Circulation, Heart, Heart Association's journal circulation is telling us it's two fruit and three vegetables every day. Come on. We can do that. Let's make a goal. Two fruit, three veg, every day. Healthy living. Believe in kindness. Practice kindness. Decide to be a better person tomorrow than you were today. And thank you so much for being a gardener. See you next time on Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Stuck inside but still looking for bargains on new and secondhand goods? Try HiBid.com, the online auction site for just about anything. HiBid.com offers a safe and easy way to find hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. From rare coins to fine jewelry, tools to vintage toys, and classic cars to real estate. HiBid.com has it all. HiBid.com makes it easy to find what you're looking for, and the site is simple to use. HiBid.com, that's H-I-B-I-D.com, and start discovering great deals today.
The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Have you been dreaming of that perfect outdoor kitchen or entertainment space? What about that perfect sunroom? G3 Services can make that dream come true. Whether it's a man cave or she shed, G3 is the answer. Owner Derek Gentry and his crew will work hard to install your fence, deck, patio, or even build you a barn. G3 is a trusted outdoor living space contractor. You can find G3 Services on Facebook and Angie's List. Call them today or email Derek at dgentry01 at gmail.com. It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on Highway 463 in Brandon at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. 